Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I do agree that the blah, blah, blah. Uh, It's all very good. Wonderful. That's fine. Well, I thought what I'd really quickly do for a sound check is I'd ask you one of the Twitter questions you got asked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because none of them were what I would call legitimate questions. No, of course they wouldn't be. Um, Well, no, you'd be surprised. Sometimes they are, but okay. Will there be any more time waster letters? No. Okay. Well, that was a good sound check. Well, I can't write write them anymore. Why not? Because when I did them, the internet wasn't such a big thing and I didn't wasn't really Googleable as in the character Robin Cooper. Now you and also people used to kind of write letters and now no one writes letters. So if you get a letter from a mad person they just think, Who's that? and they Google them, they go, Oh, it's a prankster. Right. Oh, it's such a shame. I enjoy doing those. You could always get people to send you anonymous stuff. What you mean do a different name? Yeah. Yeah, but then and then but then if I then changed it to Robin Cooper afterwards I feel like I'm cheating. Do you know what I mean? I thought that and then it, like I feel like mm, kind of sort of cheated them a bit. Okay. Yeah, fair right. enough. Yeah, well there fair. we are. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Industry podcast, episode 56. My name's Simon Kane, and for those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, and today, TV. Robert Popper is a British comedian, producer, writer, actor, author, and he's best known for the co-creator of the mock BBC documentary Look Around You and the creator of Channel 4's sitcom Friday Night Dinner. I got him on the podcast to talk about how you make it in TV, how he got his start in the business, and how long it takes to have a TV show actually made, and pretty much everything in between. We also got chatting about his future projects, as well as if TV is a closed door to new writers. So if you're interested in any of those things, you're in the right place. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do remember to subscribe. It really helps out, and it means that you get it direct into your podcast player of choice. Also, give me an honest rating in iTunes. They're really helping out our future guests and making a massive difference to the show itself. Without any more delays, this is Robert Popper. My first job in TV was working, was writing 40 Towers. No, it was um, working uh, at the comic strip with Peter Richardson. I worked and, um, as he, he used to make loads of amazing comic strip films in the 80s and 90s, I guess. And I worked with him as his runner originally. And then I became his sort of assistant and kind of did like everything and sort of learned how to write a bit, watched him write, sat and wrote with him a bit. Did, like, dog's body stuff, like, had to shovel donkey shit up on set. That was nice. Um, that was my first job. It was brilliant. Yeah, Comic Strip was fun. It was kind of like stepping into Sesame Street. Right. It was just kind of higgledy-piggledy 
crappy offices where when you flush the loo you'd have to stand back about six feet because the water would come out the loo really? yeah it was pretty good and then people like Kate Bush and Jeff Beck would turn up because he was friends with them so it was pretty like oh wow they're famous That's that was my cool. first year. it was pretty cool and how old were you at that point I was 13 I was about 26 when I started okay and what yeah, were you so doing prior before yeah. I was playing guitar Really? Yeah, I left uni and I... I was like, probably 25 when I started. I always wanted to be a musician. Right. And I played with, like, buddies and a band. And we just used to spend our time arguing. <laughs> it was brilliant. So I thought, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So I stopped. And I thought, well, I like sort of comedy and being silly. Sort of. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah I like being yeah. silly, basically. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I was... And it was kind of at the same time when Alan Partridge was on the radio. And uh, I thought, oh, this is great. I really like this stuff. I want to do something interesting and get into that world. Fair enough. And you just put your glasses on very... Um, it's just sort of very seriously then. <laughs> uh, it's it's because my I'm short-sighted and yeah, I the, guess it the, was, text, yeah. the text is not readable for right, me. Right, it's, it's so. four point, it's tiny. Uh, it's 12 Avril. Huh? I normally go to Homer, that's my chosen font. I just boringly do Helvetica. Do you? Mm. Oh, okay. I'm I'm a Vedana when I'm feeling really frisky. And a Comic Sans when you need <laughs> when a I don't little lift. <laughs> you Your emails to me were all in Comic Sans. Were they? No. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I was like, because, <laughs> no, do you know what? Because I got an email back from someone recently saying, you use, like, the too, too big of a font. Oh. Because I, I do, because by default, because my glasses, I, yeah. I just have it like that. And sometimes I forget to adjust 48. it. 48. Yeah, before I hit Times it. Roman. It's quite a big. No, it is. Right, big. right. I'll have to check, go back and check. But they were quite annoyed. Maybe they were big, actually. Yeah, I think maybe, yeah. All right. Hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, no, it's, uh, no I, I just don't... Like, it's one of those things where, you know when, like, one person comments on it, you think, oh, that's all right. But when, when like, when three or four people comment on it, 300 you think, people comment. Yeah, you think, are people talking about me? They are. My back? They oh, they are, are. yeah. All Simon's big say. font came. <laughs> all they're saying in the industry is, have you got his fucking big font email? Bloody annoying. Yeah. Okay, so you started out as sort of a dog's body runner type yeah, yeah, sure. researcher role, and you, you've pretty much, I would say, done most roles in the industry from what I've seen on your IMDb yeah, not, page. Not makeup, but no. Okay. But yeah. um, well, I mean, I was going to say, given your IMDb role listing, <laughs> if I go through what you're listed as, can you define what these roles are? Yes. In terms of what you did yes. slash maybe what you applied to do, because that yes. isn't always the same thing. Yes. Okay. So producer. Yes. What's that? What's that? Okay. Well, I think there were different. So I produce Look Around You, um, Friday Night Dinner, and so I wrote look, and produced Friday Night Dinner, Look Around You, and produced Peep Show. And so my role as a producer, every producer different. So there are producers that kind of you run the production. There are some that just kind of do all the logistic stuff. Normally, that's done by someone called a line producer. This sounds boring, but maybe it's interesting. What I do as a producer, and other everyone does it differently, but I creatively run the show. So I make sure that the show has got the right vision behind it and everything fits together nicely. So the scripts, you make, you produce the scripts. Mm-hmm. So you work on the scripts with the writers. Um, you, story, you do just go through the stories with the writers, if you're, say, working on Peep Show, say. Mm-hmm. And uh, you cast it. You're there. You do the rehearsals with the director. You're there with the director. I'm sort of quite very hands-on. So I'll be there, say, with, working, work with a director called Becky Martin on Peep Show the second series I did with her. She's great. She's just very collaborative, so she doesn't mind me going, oh, do you think that's right? Maybe we should do it again, or blah, blah, blah. So you're kind of doing that, and then then sitting in the edit, and just being in the edit every day, and editing the thing with the editor and director, and then just making sure the 
sort of marketing's right. Just doing the whole thing from beginning to end, that's kind of what it is. So, so overseeing creatively. To kind of overseeing creatively, but you, it sounds like you're an assistant to everyone else in a way. What do you mean assistant? As in like you're working alongside all everyone. Yeah, so, so every department will yeah. come to me and the director yeah. and go, here are the clothes, what do you think? Here's a costume. Okay. Oh, I like that. There's maybe rather than blue, could that be yellow? So that's what I do. So on Friday night dinner, it, all, it goes to my director and but it all comes, sort of final decisions come to me. Okay, how does that... Which is why it's so good. (laughs) How does that differ then from being the director? The director is the man or woman or boy or girl (laughs) uh, or baby who who, uh, is physically there behind the camera going, I want this shot now, I want this shot now and is doing all that stuff. I I directed, like, in this series, the last episode of Series 4, Friday Night Dinner, which is fun as well. Okay. Yeah. And what's an editor then? An editor is Sorry, a man or woman who physically you know, knows how to do editing. So while you're filming, every day you send the rushes, all the stuff mm. you've, you've sent, over to the editor mm. who starts as- compiling, assembling an episode in order. So we'll take this scene and this scene and gradually he'll, or she, will make uh, an episode, an assembly. So yeah. it'll be, I've cut them all together. Yep. It's not, it's never ready. It's not perfect at all. It's kind of, it's loose and long. So you can see all the kind of different way you could go with it. So say with Friday Night Dinner, it ends up being a 23, 24 minute show. You probably get a 30 minute cut. And often they're like, oh God, they never, it's never really funny till it's finished. But there it is all shot. And occasionally you might go, oh, we missed that. We need to redo that a little bit. Occasionally, or the editor will tell you. And then you go in, when you're finished, you watch all the episodes and then you'll spend like six, seven days on each episode cutting it yourself. Well, that's how I do it. Me, director and editor, going through it and going, oh, maybe that shot here, maybe we need a shot for two of them rather than a single shot. Oh, this could be pacey. Can we just cut all this stuff? We don't need this scene. And that's what you're doing, doing all the pictures with the editor. So you because you've got the script before you even start shooting sure, and, yeah. and, and you don't necessarily shoot them all in order as in every scene in order or every no you wouldn't order. do that no no so because so so you say you've got a shot downstairs and then when they go upstairs and to move like the main thing is the yeah. lighting to move all the equipment takes 40 minutes then you have to set right. it all up so it's a waste it's all about six weeks of planning before you do your shoot and making sure every move and we're moving from this room to that room do we need to do it there do we do it? you have a thing called a, a guy called a, a or a lady called a first assistant director who, <laughs> who plans the whole shoot schedules it or shoot this first and this you kind of try and shoot it in order mm. say or at least you might not do all the episodes in order but you might say do episode one four three four, but try you kind of try and shoot an episode roughly in order mainly for the cast so they can follow their story of their character mm. but sometimes you just can't because it's like well we now have to drive to here it's, it's going to take too long it's best to yeah. do this and do it on that day when it's better blah 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 blah. yeah it makes sense yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite boring but it's you know it's 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 interesting I wouldn't say it's because boring because it's true no I wouldn't say it's no, boring no okay it's not I, boring I have, a, I have a few friends of mine who are working on online series mm-hmm. se- series is mm, series yeah, I was going to do that for the edit, but now you've said nah. that. That's way better than what I was going to do. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of them do it in order. I know I do a lot of my cuts in order just because if I'm there, I do them when I'm there and then take a moment and edit them. Sure. So it's interesting that you're, the editor will get them at a different pace and, a different, and they'll have to just play around with it as it's coming in. Well, their job is to compile this, yeah. the episodes. So yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what's a creative consultant? I don't know. What's that? You were that on South Park. Apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's what you get for being in the writer's room in South Park, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's just a fancy title for a, write, a writer. Writer, so. yeah. But I mean, really, the writer is Trey Parker and okay. Matt Stone because he, when you're there, he writes the script. You sit in a room and you sort of facilitate his brain with ideas. Right. And then he goes off and just writes the scripts because he's okay. a super genius. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, a script consultant. I think that's another way of saying script editor. Okay. Uh, I'll get rid of that next one then. Uh, program consultant. <laughs> I don't know, what, what is that? That's what you're listed as For on what? IMDb. For what show uh, that? I mean, I'll have to Google this now, because I, I didn't write them all down. Oh, was it on Peter Serafinowicz's show? I bet it was. Potentially. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been that, maybe. It's going to take But it is, it's Peter it is that. Hang on, I'll check it now. Because I wrote down some of them and I thought, oh, he'll know this, I don't need to. I think it is, it is, it's, yeah, it would be that. It was. Yes, it's Peter's show. I don't know what that was, I know I wrote on it with him, and we're good buddies, and I just... He was very nice because he would just show me cuts and I sort of say what I thought and he was nice to say, oh, I'm going to credit you for that because he's a lovely man. Okay. Or Um, woman. (laughs) Or infant. Or infant. Um, So how would you describe the differences between... So would a writer ever be involved in the script editing or would you keep those two roles separate? Well, uh, well, as a writer, you're editing yourself the whole time. So, I mean... uh, don't know what you mean by that. So, say, uh, I can't think of an example. But say, say, for example, uh, say someone had written a script yeah. and they said to you, we'd love you to script edit it. Yeah. Would you have the final sort of edit of the script because you're no, the so one? No, I've done script editing a lot. Okay, yeah. So, um, um, I don't know, the in-betweeners. So, right. I do it on lots of shows. Mm. And they send me the scripts and go, here's a script. And I read it a few times, and I give them my notes. Right. And it's like an additional brain to, say, the producer who, who is making sure the scripts are perfect. So I'll just give my notes. Oh, on page one, this is a bit boring, this beginning. Do you need this bit? Or, oh, that's a funny joke. Or how about this, maybe? I was thinking, do you need this bit here? Or I'm a bit confused why he goes over there when later on he's bothered. Are you sure the ending's working? And, you know, right. you give, like, I don't know, 40 notes I might have for mm. a script. And then they'll look at them and maybe do some of them. And then you might get another draft and you might have 15 notes and blah, until you think it's right. But you don't have the final. So you're just like a consultant on it, helping. Okay. It's like, what? oh, that's quite loud. Can you hear that next door? I can, yeah, but it's gone now. Okay, so it's, it's gone. Well, that was good. Yeah. Uh, so when I do Friday Night Dinner, I don't have a, a script editor, but I have a uh, one of my exec producers Oh, is brilliant with scripts. What's that music? That has picked up again. Um, I don't know what that is. Do you know what's blatantly happening is it's not picking up on oh, the Oh, that's recorder, good. So the people it. listening can't hear the music that we're hearing. No. It's stopped now. So right. she will give me notes. Uh, her name's Caroline Neddy, and she used to produce Bross Eye, and used to run Channel 4 Comedy, and she's amazing. So she gives me notes, because there I am writing my show in a room, and you get so close to it, you just can't see. Is this funny? Is this right? Is this working? Yeah. And then she'll read it, and she can say, oh, I've got that. I didn't like this. I didn't. And, so, and she gives us notes also on the edit as well, so we'll... Give her do a cut, send it to her. We'll get fifty notes from her, and we'll do those, and she'll come in and sit again. It's just you need someone like that, I think, who's yeah. distanced from it. That's that's essentially kind of part of what my day job is. Remember, before I was telling you I write social media uh, for the British National yeah. Party. Yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, um, I uh, you said we said we wouldn't talk yeah. about that, um, but yeah. So essentially, they bring me in because they've had meeting after meeting after meeting where they, where it all makes sense to them because they as a marketing campaign they've spent ages on it. But then when I come in, I'm like, yeah, I've got no idea what you're on about because I've not had these five-hour-long meetings yes, totally. where they've talked about stuff. 
Um, I mean, for me, the problem in that situation is trying to stay out of the writing element of it because if they send me something over, I'll immediately sort of try and rewrite it to understand. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you ever find yourself like slipping into a writer? Sometimes a little bit, but maybe they, as a script editor, they kind of like the fact that you can write, I guess. Mm. So sometimes you go, oh, I'm not sure about this. How about this for a line? Is this, are you Mm. sure the line's right here? Could it be like this? So... I wouldn't rewrite loads of things, but I might suggest things, and either they go for them or they don't. Okay, yeah. No, I, uh, that's the same with me. Yeah, yeah. More often than not, they go, no, no, we're good. Yeah, we're yeah, good. yeah. Like, well, you brought me in. Um, yeah. Um, so you started out as sort of the dog's body runner type thing, and, mm. then, and then you progressed on to... Then I worked there for a few years, two, three years. Then I went to the big breakfast. You played Zig and Zag, didn't I, you? No, I, I did some writing on Zig and Zag, the okay. two puppets. And then I was worked in the development department where I don't know if I developed anything. And then I just worked on the big project. I can't remember what I did there. Yeah, just sort yeah. of stuff. I feel like we should just talk about Zig and Zag. They were, yeah. they were my favourites. Anyway. They were good, yeah. <laughs> I filmed them with my grandma who kept calling because she was like... She she was originally from like East Europe and she kept calling them... She, she Hello, Jig and Jack. I said, Zig and Zag. Jig and Jack. Zig and Zag. Jig and Jack. <laughs> so that was funny. It was really <laughs> she didn't really know what was going on. No, not at all. My nan keeps saying that my job's a social worker, which Brilliant. is nowhere near what I'm doing. And it's got worse since the dementia's got worse. That's fantastic. Um, it, well, it would be if she didn't keep introducing me to every nurse there going, this is my son, he's a so... And they, and you then go, I have to, do you just cough in the word media? Yeah, no, no. Media? I've just let her do it. But then I have to explain to a lot of nurses that, um, you know, I'm not a social worker. Social worker. It's, yeah. Okay. It's nowhere near that. It's not even like... My no, job it's is nowhere near. No. But yeah, okay. So, what was it like writing for puppets then? Out of interest, or did you just look at them as other characters? I can't remember what I, I cannot remember what we did really. But okay. it was uh, it was just sort of silly ideas. From them. they were really really funny guys that did it. It was funny. You know, you watch it, and you start, you just become a kid again. You know what I mean? When you're watching mm. the little puppets doing their puppety things, it was mm. yeah, it was fun. It mm. was good. Yeah, yeah. I remember the uh, the funny story when I was working on the Big Breakfast was. Vanessa Feltz was working at one point and it was like her last day and this is true because I saw it and she was leaving and I don't know if she was upset with the producer or something I can't remember his name but we were in the canteen afterwards because when you worked on The Big Breakfast you were assigned like you're working on Tuesday show you work the whole night through the day before so right. you don't sleep it's awful it's so tiring and then you go in at four in the morning and you start the show at six and it finishes at nine. I was a researcher on it. I was terrible. I was really, I never knew what was going on. I just didn't. It was so not me. I could, it was useless. And I remember getting told off for myself and Andrew Newman, who's um, like a producer, he produced The Word and Chris Morris, he's brilliant. And, uh, you know, worked with Ali, on Ali G's show and stuff like that. I used to run Channel 4 Comedy. We got told off once from intentionally making the weirdest big breakfast show ever. Because we kept bringing, we had it with um, mini horses we brought into the house, quite a lot of them, and it, and it was we just intentionally made it really weird, the show. Right. But that was fun. But she was really obviously annoyed with this producer, it was her last day, and I witnessed it with my eyes. <laughs> we were in the canteen after the show when you're exhausted because you haven't slept for 25 hours or whatever, having disgusting baked beans or whatever. She was in the canteen uh, queue and she asked for a plate of baked beans. And said, anything else? I said, no, just can you give me some more? You know, hot baked beans. <laughs> some more. She, they piled her plate up with loads of baked beans. She went up to the producer who was sitting there, and she, I can't remember his name, but she said whatever his name was. He turned around, and she poured the whole lot all over his head. He was in, like, a suit. 
Amazing. Everyone saw it. The whole place went quiet. And he just stood up. He was like burning hot beans. Mm. Silently and walked out with beans dripping. And then later on I saw him with sort of quite a red face, probably from the bean, the heat, in like a tracksuit. He'd obviously changed. And, and that was the last he saw. Like, it was like her last day. Obviously something happened. It was brilliant. Right. That was the best thing I saw on that show. <laughs> it's one of the best things I've ever seen in TV, that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's your last day. Why not? Go mad. That's what I'd recommend. I mean, beans yeah but it, beans as long as it's nothing else like boiling water or no, no. Kettle, kettle and water yeah 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 <laughs> or like dropping a toaster in their bath or something oh, you know, just you know just be, bean keep it be, beans beans is, beans is uh, Rob Popper do you know Rob or Robert you can call me Robert Robert Popper uh, like, <laughs> endorses throwing beans on your last day at work. I do that's it that's right Si yeah <laughs> Simon to you thank um, you <laughs> um, you can see Chortle's headline now yeah right? the headline <laughs> Which one? Uh, what? Vanessa Feltz or Cy? So, uh, Cy and Rob endorse. Cy and Rob <laughs> endorse children burning. Yep. Yeah. Ah, well. Uh, it depends on. Yeah, we'll get into that another time. Um, and then you you moved on to the eleven o'clock, or you had an appearance on the eleven o'clock. Oh, show. just in that occasionally, yeah. As a character called uh, Simon Michael Simon, who spoke a bit like Robin Cooper does, but he was a bit like this. And God, um, what was it? I used to go out. With my mouth, go up to like, I was an autograph hunter and I'd have like an autograph book. And I would go up to like um, the Houses of Parliament. And what it, what it was, I remember, I used to say to camera, this week I've been off to go and get the autograph of uh, MP Martin Bell, or whatever. I hope I'm not thick. That was my thing, I was hoping I'm not sick. Then I would go up to them with an autograph book, find them outside the Houses of Parliament, but with my mouth full of like chicken and mushroom soup. Stand there like a weirdo. They look at me and go, hmm? and they'd sign it. And then I'd vomit all over the floor in front of them. And go, I'm so sorry, I've been thick everywhere. And they wouldn't really know how to react. Mm. And I would say, please don't tell Mr. Jimmy. I'd say, please don't tell Mr. Lorimer. He'll be livid. That was it every week. Mm. And they would go, who's Mr. Lorimer? Are you okay? And that's what I did. But I did do um, Gorbachev. Mm. I vomited in front of Gorbachev. And afterwards, I said, I can't believe I've just been thick in front of the second most important man in the world. In the 80s. I mean, that's a claim for that. was good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was good. And how did that even come about? I don't know, because I only... It's the only thing. I only did it like six, seven times. They asked if I wanted to do something, and I thought of someone that's being sick. Like, you couldn't be sick on them, but like, it would be weird. You know, my mum was so proud. (laughs) <laughs> that's becoming my tagline for life my dad's proud um, it's, it's all like, oh, a social worker I think, <laughs> I think as a millennial most of my decisions are trying to make my parents proud but also give up on that yeah I've given it. up on it give up on it no you'll never make them proud no I, well, no, I, I did once no you won't ever make them proud oh, I'm no, not general sure. I'm just oh okay yeah it's just <laughs> Have they sent you in for this? Have they like called you up yes, before the meeting and gone, just let him know? Anna and Tony. We were just like, what, yeah, what? that's their name. Right, that's, yeah. that's actually what are their names? names? Uh, uh, no, it's Raymond and Sandra. But Raymond and Sandra? Close enough, close enough. Very good. You can use it for a callback good later. Good parent names. They are good parent names. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> what are their best friends? Have they got good parent names of best friend names? Um... My Morph. dad doesn't have any friends, really. No, um, I've got a whole episode of Friday Night Dinner about. Oh, have you really? Okay, is that dads the... don't have friends. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh. Uh, well, no. I think my dad. My dad. My dad has co-workers that he calls friends, which but I find inherently funny. 
because they don't hang around with him and no. they're employed too. Right. <laughs> Which I find really like, depressing but funny. Uh, my mum's best friend... Well, actually, no. Uh, my mum's best friend is a girl called Sharon. Uh, or guy. And her be- her husband is called Darren and it happens to be someone my like My middle Darren. name, Darren. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's a coincidence. A terrible name. Uh, all right, well, I'll tell him you said... His, actually, no, his name's Darren Starr. So that is a solid name. Darren? Starr. That is a good name. That's a solid name. That's his real name as well. hasn't changed it. So, two R's or one R? Oh, two R's. Very nice. I know. He's very, very bling. He's not. He's, he's the complete opposite of his name. Um, but I was going to ask, because the next job I've got written down here for you was commissioning editor for Channel for Entertainment Channel 4. Well, I was. I worked at Granada for a couple of years. I, can't, I mainly used their facilities to write my books at Time Waster Letters, <laughs> okay. which was brilliant and wonderful facilities. But I did work as a commissioner for, yeah, I commissioned comedy for a couple of years, like two and a half, three years at Channel 4, yeah. 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 And and back uh, was that just like you applied and you moved to class? No, or? I got asked to come in. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. And I did it. It was fun. It was good fun, actually. It was mm. all right. Channel 4 was good. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, by the, by the end, by like the third year, I wanted to leave. But it was <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Really, it was a really creative place. And it was good. Like, I worked with good people like Caroline Leddy, who I mentioned, who execs my show. And mm. she's, did, you know... Um, what, Chris Morris and, and did Greenwing and I mean she's amazing and Ian Morris who co-writes in between us mm. and we were like a nice little team we got on really well and it was quite creative you were quite creatively involved in stuff and just you got to see all the new people coming through it was good I really enjoyed it actually when roughly how old were you at this point about 32 or something like that so how long when was it like year was this this was in about 2001 to 2000 to 2003 so this was when there was still f- there were five terrestrial channels, and there wasn't that much Sky, if I remember by Probably that point. Probably not. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, and there was definitely no on-demand players or anything. No, wasn't so. everything was done by fax. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying. I'm just trying. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying yeah, to remember yeah, no, what right. it was like. Cause, cause yeah, and then they they had running water. <laughs> but only between the hours. Of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And an outdoor toilet. Yeah, yeah. but we hadn't... Pasta hadn't arrived in okay. Britain, It was that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you commissioned... I've got written down here. Bo Selector, yeah. Black Books. No, I didn't. I, I commissioned oh. series... Is your IMDb completely wrong? Is I don't do it. Two okay. and three of Black Books and okay. series two, Space. Space. And then, yeah, I did comedy labs and stuff. Yeah. So uh, when I spoke to... So I was talking to you about Graham Smith before this. Mm. And I was, and because I remember he commissioned, or he had a hand in commissioning space as well. And um, I didn't commission it originally at all. So that was all. I thought it was all. Um, what's her name? Who did it? Um, Cheryl Taylor. Right. It was there. I think she commissioned that. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask that um, when. I, I, so actually, this is a slightly convoluted way of asking this, but I, I spoke to Ian Coyle, the guy at Dave TV, and he was saying that uh, most channels have, or every channel has a tone of voice you have to adjust to in order to make it work on a channel. And I was wondering, when you got the scripts, for example, Bo Select, because they're very different shows, Bo Select, The Black Books and Space, just taking those three as an example. Did you, how much changes did you oh, have like to... The Space was just like, it was just ready to go. Space Series 2, here it is, it's brilliant. Right. It's Black br- Books was, uh, yeah, I would look at the scripts, but I mean, they were so brilliant and I knew what they were doing. That wasn't, you'd go along to the edits and see them give notes and mm. oh, if they can make it better, fantastic. But I said so, I was really involved because... Uh, I knew Lee Francis beforehand, mm. and he used to like when I used to work at Granada. He used to turn up in character, in, like in character, and get thrown out by the security guards. He used to come as his character called Barry Gibson with his big teeth, 
I've still got it somewhere. He came came along and then he texted me or called me off. I'd been thrown out because he came along. He in, he stays in character the whole time. It's this nutcase to deliver me a box full of weird like I might have. It might have been a tin of spam or something stupid. But he got thrown out, and it was before you were using your mobile phone to take photos and stuff. He took a Polaroid of the security guard throwing him out, stuck it on the <laughs> box, and gave it to them to deliver. So I got this box. Nice. So he, we threw him out, but he wanted you to. And in it was the Polaroid of the security guard throwing him out. So yeah, but I, I was that he was like I just he used to just make me laugh, and um, I just thought he'd be funny and something. And then when he started doing his mask, and then we mm. helped put him with the right people, and then. They made like a big show. I thought, you know, you either love that show, or hated that show. I think, mm. but I really love that show. I thought he's, I think he's really funny. Mm. Yeah, uh, were there any shows that came to you when you were Channel Four that you had to turn down, even though they were good shows? They just wouldn't work on Channel Four. Oh, I 4? see. Probably were. Yeah, I, I can't remember like what ones. Um, maybe yeah. And often though, you didn't really sort of care. You go, well, we wouldn't have done them anyway. But I can't remember really. Yeah, I mean, you've got lots of terrible ones. But I did have a nutter file that I kept because of all the like people would send me like amazingly bad. People would give yeah. me the bad because I like keeping the. Bad. I mean, got one that was covered in swastikas. It was a bit strange. Really, that was weird. One. Is that how Friday night dinner came? Out? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That was, I sent it to myself. <laughs> and then there was one. There's one that my, me and Ian Morris couldn't. We used to read so we couldn't work it. It just seemed to be. It was a program I did, but it just seemed to be about him and his father making a model tank, right. but a small tank, right? Uh, like a bonding experience, and okay. that was it. But it was mainly the instructions on how to make the tank. But it was only like a sort of 10-inch big tank, and it had diagrams of how to make the tank with it. And we, we thought that was probably the best uh, proposal we'd ever seen. Have you thought about a sitcom in an office with a, of a commissioner who gets shit ideas but still tries to pitch them because that sounds amazing as a as a meta like because you've already got It'd all probably the just be watched by you and me that yeah be. yeah yeah but i mean i'd watch it thousands of times well i wanted to get <laughs> i want what i wanted to do was get like one of the terrible scripts the really bad scripts and make one make them but make it really well yeah. so really good actors not having it up doing the lines as well as they can mm. so it's all really well made but it's just a script that's the whole thing down i think that'd be fantastic mm. Yeah, I think that'd be... But no one would let you do that. Uh, you could do it if you... So, like, do you remember when there was the writer's strike in America and yep. they did the Dr. Horrible sing-along blog? No. You don't remember? No, that? I don't. I was out there at the time, though. I remember that. Dr. Horrible, it was, if you haven't seen Dr. Horrible, it's outstanding. It's got oh, like, yeah. people like Neil Patrick Harris in it. Okay. And they, they all got together and wrote this script and made it on a very nominal budget just to prove that, you know, I can't remember what... What, a bad script? No, no, it's an amazing script absolutely outstanding oh, right. it was a three-part mu- musical sitcom about a, a, an evil villain who's oh. shit at it but wants to join the evil league of evil and and yeah if you've not seen it, it's, no, I haven't seen it. i'll, I'll send see you a link it's yeah, absolutely no, like outstanding. it's like 10 minutes of uh, well now i'm pitching the show that's already <laughs> existing it. but, it. but it's one of but it's one of those things where um they made it on such a small budget they made it on such a as tight deadline and you know they wanted to get out before the start it was you know because they wanted to prove yeah, yeah, that, sure. that it could be done on a very small scale that it was it was yeah it was, it was, oh right. that sounds good it's one of those nuggets of things but yeah all right that's you know, that's that relevant the question's not relevant then um it's all relevant in all some relevant. way yeah uh, probably, probably. It's life so did you because you now make shows and a lot of them go on channel four hmm. do you think being a commissioning editor for channel four helped you learn that style guide and, well, and how um, it works maybe but maybe i was kind of like i don't think I so I liked whenever I went to Channel Four, I felt oh I like the vibe in this place. So it felt sort mm. of what I liked when I went there was 
at the time and whether it's changed or not was like they wanted to be different and they were more experimental or just different they wanted to be different and I, I like that sort of vibe so maybe my stuff to me feels more geared that type of thing where you can take a few more chances and get away with language more maybe if you want to and just stuff that you'll get allowed you're allowed to do more I think on that channel than kind of any other channel really I kind of like that okay so um how much have you worked I'm just because the question I'm going to ask so I might Go on, you can bit get out. ready well no no the, I might edit this bit out because it because it might sound weird but yeah. um because my question was going to be which channel slash brands do you think are doing the most for stand up on TV at the moment stand up yeah or stand up or comedy because no well channel 4 is pretty good at the moment they've got yeah. some good shows they've got well they've got my show whether you like them or not Friday, they've got, <laughs> what have they got you've got Friday Night Dinner you've got uh, you've got um, the Windsors which I didn't think I'd like and I thought was so really funny I thought it was hilarious actually uh, you've got what else have you got on Channel 4 you've got Raised by Wolves which is great mm. You've got what other things they got? Um, the Sharon Horgan thing, mm. that's great. Catastrophe. What else have they got? They got some do, really good things. What, do you think they're becoming the place that you would want? Like, if if you if you were starting now, would they be would they be the place that you would immediately think of to no, send? I your mean, or BBC, on, or? you get a nice show on BBC. I mean, they have got Mum at the moment. That's fantastic. I love that show. So, you know, I think Channel Four at the moment they do less comedies. But norm, I think most of them are pretty good. Right. Yeah, generally, they're really like good quality shows. Well, obviously, I don't like cutbacks on comedy because I'm on <laughs> lots of comedy. So no, I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I think comedies, like we make good comedies, and I think there's like loads of great stuff at the moment. I mean, there's loads of places to do stuff now, mm. and you are seeing good comedies on quite a lot of channels now. So it's, mm. I don't know if it's golden age or whatever here, but it's a lot of great stuff. Well. Dave said, uh, sorry, not Dave. Ian at uh, Dave said that the more the more channels there are, actually, the less opportunities there are because of the spread of uh, budget and the, and the way the channels are laid out. Um, well, you... There seems to be lots of lots of shows now. There seems to be would quite you... seems to be quite a lot of good shows. Like, are you finding there's more opportunity for you? Well, I'm not pitching here and now. I'm just yeah. getting on with my stuff, so I mm. haven't. But I'm thinking there are well, there's Sky do some really good shows. Mm. Uh, there's BBC, there's Channel 4. There's quite a lot of places now, you know, where you can sell things. Mm. Yeah. Seems to be, like, quite a lot of good shows on. It used to be, you know, oh, that couple of shows are good. Now there'll be, like, oh, there's five really good shows. Mm. And it's you know, Julia a- Davis's show, Hunderby's uh, on here, and blah, blah, blah. Mm. There's some good stuff. And and online, particularly, you can... There's bountiful amounts of stuff on, like, YouTube and... and in podcasts. On what? YouTube. I don't know that. You don't know YouTube? <laughs> okay. What's that? Do you know Google? Google. Google. <laughs> My mum didn't know what YouTube was, was until about two weeks ago. It's quite I was going to try and do an impression of your nan and trying to say zig and zag by going goggle, but it didn't quite work. Goggle. That's not bad. Almost. That's not bad. It's all right. If you close your eyes, you can just imagine that she knows. I don't know why you would want to do that. Please open your eyes. No, never. For the rest of the interview. No, I mean, because Popper Productions, we're jumping back and forth, but it doesn't matter. Popper Pictures. Popper Pictures, sorry. Uh, is it Pop Pictures or Pop Pictures? It's Popper Pictures. Oh, sorry, my bad. Um, I didn't, couldn't think of a name, and then my accountant said to me, "Why well, don't you just call it Popper Pictures?" Went, okay. Yeah, uh, you are, you are, as you said, you are Popper Pictures. I am, and, yeah. and my team. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so I was, I was intrigued because on your website it says you make, uh, you, you're set up to make uh, great content for the TV and for the internet, mm. and I'm wondering if you still maybe maybe it's just from when you set it up or maybe now do you still see them as separate entities not really anymore no I think 
having a good web series would be good, you know. Um, but I mean, I've mainly been concentrating on writing and making Friday Night Dinner, so I haven't been developing loads of shows with lots of other people at the moment, which is I'll probably start doing again mm. soonish type thing. But yeah, mm. I've mainly just been kind of writing and sort of enjoying just making stuff. When you started out versus now, I don't I don't know how much of a of a perspective you'll have on it now because obviously you're so established that oh so established. <laughs> <laughs> Would you not say you're established? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Well, I've made a few things, so yeah, I don't know how many. Th- yeah, I guess it's a bit easier. Is it, although, like, say to get Friday night dinner off on the air, that took that took a long time. You know, it was from like commissioning a script it was like two and a half years before it was on TV it was a long it take, it's still have to, you always have to jump through a lot of hoops so is that the first series yeah yeah to get it on it's st- it still takes a lot and I've done a lot before it's still okay. you know you, it's it does get a bit easier but it's still not easy okay let's... you can't just go right I'm going to do this and it's on you know it's no, still I... it's still pretty tough okay let's well let's let's jump to that bit then so when did you have the idea for Friday night I had it in the bath okay and um, I did yeah Weirdly, I really I, wish you'd open your eyes now. Yeah, I, I'm not going to open my eyes, I told you. And I'm going to stay in this bath. <laughs> I had some water with me in there. Yeah. Um, I'll, just use, I'll just use the bath water. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can add that on afterwards. Um, <laughs> and then cut that bit out. Yeah, yeah. No one will know because it's cut. All right, but, you're uh, not directing my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Uh, so, yeah, I did. I, 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 I tell you, when I was at Channel 4, Caroline Leddy used to run Channel 4 Comedy used to and I left and she said to me oh I used to love your stories you say about your funny grandma your friends your family the stuff you because I I just I always thought there was a funny way of that my sort of buddies and my gran and my mum and dad and my brother spoke and acted and it was so specific and I don't know just, but I didn't I always wanted to write something in that vernacular but I couldn't think of what it was and then years later I suddenly just had the idea Friday night dinner I thought oh that's a good title kind of says what it is and you can have two boys that it's kind of about reverting I just noticed when you go home to your parents when you're younger or whatever you just kind of become kids again and everyone does that I hadn't seen that on TV and also dads go a bit mental and they don't have friends anymore and they're like a little island in the family and I and it was that and I thought I could do this in a thing you know they come home it always starts the same way and we can like look at all those themes within it blah 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 and I thought oh there's a show there I suddenly thought and I sort of pitched that to Caroline Leddy who was head of Channel 4 Was that like an and official pitch or was that just No I found it actually because she said like I, you know if you've got any ideas at some point and I said I think I've got the idea and I think I think because you said if I've got a good idea one day hopefully you'll commission the script I said I bet you'll commission the script if I say you if I tell you the title three words and I did and she said no oh, I'll commission that so but then it took me I had to write, I write another one and then commissioners changed and the head of the Channel 4 changes and another one comes in and they're not sure it's not their thing and it's like uh, it takes you know years and then it took two three years before it was on TV yeah at least yeah so it's you, a long time in that you said like so if a commissioner changes and it might not be to their taste mm. and stuff do you think it's I don't want to say odd but do you think it is I'm going to pour some water but carry on it'll sound go ahead. good no go ahead do you think it's a problem necessarily that what gets shown on TV is kind of that's that's the bath. It's just uh, yeah, the bar. <laughs> this is going to be a bitch to edit. Um, <laughs> um, it'll sound good. It'll sound all right. Uh, <laughs> he's now just like opening bottles and yep. things, like it's all getting more effective. Chaos. It's all right. Uh, you've lo- lost my train of. Oh yeah. So if do you think it's a 
No, I don't want to say problem, but for want of a better term, a problem that what we see on TV is basically controlled then by a dozen or so commissioners who, and, and a lot of it is their own taste. Well, someone's got to make a decision, you know, and someone's got to have taste. But do you know I mean, like when be... I was at Channel 4, we were all quite opinionated and we would make decisions. I think, you know, you, you'd have to go to your head of the top department, but it was at least, I thought what was good then, I don't know if there's so much now, maybe there's some are, to have sort of people that have got, at least they've got an opinion and a taste as opposed to someone who's quite bland and goes, well, I don't know, let me see what my superior thinks. I don't have an opinion. I'd much prefer to see someone and they go, I hate that idea. We're not doing it. I'll be told straight away rather than, well, maybe, uh, I'm not sure, and then wait months. I, I, yeah, I think, I think it's good if someone's got clear, like Phil Clark at Channel 4's got a great taste, I think. Shane Allen at BBC's got a great taste and they're kind of opinionated and they like comedy. Mm. I think that's great. Are, are there any channels, I don't know, because I know Shane, I know... Um... Uh, Phil and, and I've, I've got I think I've got well, I can't say that yet because they're sort of we're sort of sorting out dates but do you, are there any channels that work on like a on like a board of people rather than an individual that you know of well I think like when you're a commissioner you can't just go right I'm commissioning that it's done you have to go yeah so Phil will have to go to the head of channel 4 or still I want to commission this what do you think and they might say no mm. okay annoying or whatever but they have their own things to take into account so mm. I'm sure, I don't know, I don't know all the channels. I know some commissioners are great, some are like, oh, I'm not sure I want to see them, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I spoke to, to Ian at Dave, he said that uh, his job is not really a commissioner, it's more of an ad man, because a lot of the time something great will come his way, but he knows that the adverts won't sell on it, so he can't commission wow. it. I, yeah, well, don't know what to say about that, yeah. Do you think, I mean, because you, you were a I mean, commissioner. I, I never had anything like that at Channel 4. Really? Ads. Okay. Were never mentioned, though. No. I don't okay. think it's ever mentioned about ads. So what would what would have been the... Just something really funny and, and new and interesting, I think. Something yeah. different. And it's like balance, so they've got a balance lot. Well, we've got a show like that, we won't do it, right. obviously. So, like it, so... It doesn't have to be a wacky, zany, hate those words, but I'm using it on purpose, like, premise. It could mm. be, like my thing, is about a family, but... Hopefully, it's got a voice that's distinct. You know, a distinct voice. Yeah, that's what you're looking for, I think. So, like, raised by wolves is only like Kathleen Moran and her sister could do that. Mm. So, I think that's kind of what you're looking for. Someone, oh, where are they from? What's that? That's a good voice. They're interesting. So, when you view a script, or when you were viewing scripts, mm. were you reading it for? I've got my eyes closed still, but if I had a script, <laughs> uh, were were they? Were you looking at it for a writer, or were you looking at it for the idea? Because if you were looking at it for a writer, I presume you would keep people on file, as it were. And if a project came along, you'd be like, oh, we'd love it if you came in and helped out with this. Or we'd love it if you script edited this. Or you're only looking for the idea of the show. What do you mean? When I was at Channel 4? When you Channel 4. Well, yeah, a lot of people think that commissioners spend a lot of time just getting millions of scripts in from like the general public and stuff. Mm. Which you do get some, but often you don't. They're not the, the ones to read because you want someone who's probably got an agent. Or well, we did comedy labs at the time where like yeah. anyone could apply and you would get pe- new people. That was great. Other than, other than that, it's it's companies coming to you, like pitching things or writers coming to you with, with ideas. Or you're, someone's got an idea and you're putting them with a producer and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But you're looking for like a good write. Sometimes it's a great script, great writer. Oh, the writing's brilliant. We would never make this show. It just wouldn't make the show. But who's this person? You, you might come in if you've got any other ideas and develop a thing with them or put them with a production company and... Or you be good with that person, see what you can come up and come back in a few months, blah, blah, blah. Mm. That's what you kind of did a lot of that. Putting people with people was good. 
What opportunities do you think there are now, or what opportunities do you know None. of now? That, what? None. Sorry. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, you hear that? Just stop listening now. No. no, for like new writers who maybe want to get something on TV, I mean, what are your opinions on, for example, building an audience using social media or, or um, putting your work out there and then sending it off to a... Department? Yeah, putting your work out there is great, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. when we did Look Around, you mean, Peter, we made it as a short film, just for fun. It wasn't, we didn't think we'll do a TV series. Mm. And then we just used to give VHSs to people. Right. Just to spread the word, and we did a big screening. That's how we did it, mm. because just to show them. And then people came out and said, "Why don't you do a TV show?" We hadn't really thought of it. Mm. Still, like, like people that make stuff because they want to make stuff and they're good. It's great. Mm. You know, they'll get noticed if they're great and they're just making. Who are they? They just they just do this thing. It's funny. Mm. Oh, they'll someone will call them in. You know, mm. that's that's what I used to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I say this to people a lot, but it's great to hear it from someone further down the chain or higher, higher up the chain but further down the line and then or, or higher up the chain and further down or further up the chain the chain and down Faith, yeah more experienced <laughs> we'll say it like that way um, sitting opposite you yeah sitting opposite someone who's sitting, sitting opposite op- anyone me, sitting opposite that, you that's all I want from an interviewee um, life is made up of many gorgeous moments cherish them all big and small with Blue Nile Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. No, like, because a lot of people say, oh, you know, how do you, how do you start making videos, how do you start making podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, just make it. And yeah. then they're like, but how do you find time? When, when, what's the point in doing it? And I'm like, because I like making stuff. Yeah. If you don't like making it, don't do it why anymore. would you even you bother it. starting? Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. you, you know, it, when I started this, for example, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be the, this the, the 53s episode that's wow, coming that's out brilliant. now. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't think like that. No, I just no, thought you just, I'm going to. I like, enjoy doing that, yeah. and I want to do. Or you feel a need to be creative. Yeah. And so I'm going to do that. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, and I totally get that. There are people out there I've discovered for, on the internet who just make stuff who I've never financially supported because I can't. There's no mm, real way. I yeah. mean, there are ways of doing it, but I just haven't. And um, it's just because they're great at what they do. Yeah. And I now know if I want someone. So the guy I was telling you about who's going to be editing the DVD thing. Yeah, you found them from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally sent them a message on Facebook. We weren't friends. I just said, I love... We're still not friends. We're still <laughs> not friends. We're just business acquaintances. Yeah. No, but I said, I really love how you, you put together these things. Do you want to talk? And That's they great. said, yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, so no, but it's just good to know. But I mean, do you think do you think TV then is a bit of a not a closed door? But if if you, a lot of people are looking for people with agents and they're not necessarily looking for unsolicited scripts, do you think there's a certain element that that there is a gated community in TV rather than I don't want to say a closed well, door? Well, I think I, I think it's just that often they just don't have time to read thousands of scripts, and mm. often most scripts are kind of terrible, mm. and often you can tell by the covering letter that the scripts in a minute. Uh, Anyone used to write it, I am enclosing a script for your perusal. That would be the word perusal. I knew that I won't like the script. Right, okay. I don't think I've ever read a good script where the word perusal was in the letter. But, um, and often you would, yeah, don't say perusal, (laughs) but it's maybe ironically. But, um, but you would often know of your first page, you would know, you know, someone can write or they can't write, you know, and you can't write. I mean, I would try and read, if it was terrible, I'd read a few pages, but like often you're at, say, at Channel 4, you get some scripts, you think, I know we would never make the script about whatever it was. So we will never do this in a million years. Mm. I don't need to read the entire script because I know I don't have time. Mm. We're not going to make it. Mm. Um, but then sometimes you would find like people would send stuff in. You never, and they would just be brilliant. You know, very rarely you would find. I, you know, I, I did a lot of stuff in for really new people. It was great, and they didn't know anything about TV or anyone. And you find them like someone a producer to work with, and it, it was great. How, how do you? Well, have you ever done this? Uh, and if you haven't, how have you found other programs that have done this? How do you find programs that have gone from like YouTube, for example? By the way, YouTube's a video sharing platform. Right, that you, platform, that you haven't right. Heard of. Yeah. No, yeah. I'll, I'll um, check it out. You, you should peruse it at some point. Oh, well, I'll and, peruse it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and um, I, yeah, so people have got big audiences on there. Sometimes, big oysters. Audiences. Oh, audiences. Audiences. A lot of subscribers. Big oysters. <laughs> I'm now really worried I said oysters. <laughs> it sounds, listen back, it's a little oysterish. Is it a little it's oysterish? Good. Okay. I'm going to talk slower. That's good. No, no, don't. That's good. Um, people who've got large oysters on, yep. fa- on the, U- the YouTubes. Yep. Yeah. They, I'm starting to sound like my mum now. Um, she. <laughs> she. <laughs> or he. Um, <laughs> they uh, have been offered TV shows and have changed what they've done and moved it onto the TV. What do you think of... Because I'm of the, I've had this debate a few times with different commissioners. And I am... I know you're not a commissioner now, but I've, I've had this debate because I think the content should change if it's being shown on TV as to when it's shown on on-demand player because it's naturally being viewed differently. Right. Do you know what I mean? It depends what... The, I mean, I don't know what things... What things you're thinking about that have gone from YouTube to, uh, to TV. Uh, uh, the Midnight Beast is one that jumps to mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they had a YouTube series sure, sure, that, that. Uh, it was like sort of a consistent thing and that got moved... I think that was Channel 4 as well. E4. No, E4, sorry. Yeah, so, um, you know... Ha- what do you think of the content trying to change or transcend platforms? Well, I think if you're doing... It depends what it is, but I think, like, if do you make it for TV, you kind of think... You just... I think when I write anyway, I always imagine I'm watching it on television and what am I feeling right. when I'm watching it on TV all the time. So I always think about it on television when I'm writing it. So mm. I guess you should think about it. If it's, you know, if it's right, if it's going to TV, how do we change it? But keep the same spirit. But yeah, like when we did Look Around, we did a short film. And then when it became a TV series, how do we make this a short film? You're in a cinema, you're not going to leave. It's on TV, you can turn over at any point. How do we make it clear early on what are the beats to hit so people get it mm. and keep watching? I think that's what, we, yeah, I sort of imagine you kind of do, yeah. How do you, you never think about the second screen experience? You know, people on their phones at the same time? or I don't or? know. Uh, second. No, so what I'm going to do have some enormous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like okay. yes, I think so. Yeah, I'm not when I do Friday night dinner. I think people are also tweeting at the same. <laughs> Fine, mm. you know. Okay, 
Because, I mean, you you have quite a large following on Twitter, for example. Has that come about because of your credits in, in writing and stuff? Or do you, what would you say is your reasoning for trying to build that? Is it just to promote your own work? What's Pictures of cats. Um, I don't know, I guess, yeah. Probably just stuff I've done, yeah. And probably that, I guess. You've not really planned, you just sort of... It's I just, just went on a few years ago and started putting silly things on and then tweeting my silly phone calls and things and stupid pranks and nonsense and childish things I do. Okay. And then, you you know, you do TV shows so people kind of follow you, I guess. Okay. And the murders, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that's just standard on Twitter. That's standard. Standard, standard stuff. Um, okay, so let's let's go through Friday Night Dinner then from what you just said. So from when... From when you had the idea to when you actually... So when you had the concept, conception of the idea mm. to when you actually started writing the idea yeah. or, or telling people about it, yeah, there's a few years in there. Yeah, just getting a script commission, writing it, taking quite a while and, and not really knowing what it is. Find, it's all about finding your voice. Mm. So And the characters' voices. Yeah. yeah. But sort of writing... Like I remember if I think about writing the first script, thinking I knew what it was and then realising, oh, I don't know, what is it exactly? And... Mm. things seem to be too long or not quite right and I worked very closely with Caroline Eddie I was saying and she would help me on that mm. you know, look at it and give me notes and blah 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 and then I said can you commission me to do a second script because it's alright writing one mm. can I do a second one which is harder because I've done one I've put everything into it and then two oh god how do I do this so that was trying to get that right and then going back on one to make it feel like they're sort of together if you see what I mean they work together so do you so when you get commissioned to write a script this is different from being commissioned to write a pilot, I presume. Yeah, these were just scripts at first. So do you get paid to get commissioned to write a script? How sure. Does it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so basically Channel 4 have said to you at this point, we like the idea, go write, and write a script. script. Mm-hmm. And is that a full episode or is that like a 10-page... No, a full episode, write a script, yeah. So it's not like a snip-down version no, no, of it? No, it's like okay. a full episode, yeah. Okay, and then, then you said, can you please commission me to make another one? So they did that <laughs> and they seemed to like it and I said... I said, like, I don't know if you're going to give me a pilot or not, but I would love to write another one because I don't know if I could write another one or not. Right. But I'd love to have a go. And they commissioned me to write another one. So are you thinking of this one as episode two or are you thinking of this I'm as a rewrite? Okay. I'm just thinking an episode. So I was trying not to like... So when I did the series, I tried not to write. Here's an introductory episode. Right. I just plough right in because I always okay. sort of think, well, you don't watch every episode. If you miss the first one, what, then you don't understand it all. Or just, I just like to go right into the thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So I wrote the second one and then eventually we got a pilot. We got us to do a... A taster, a five-minute taster, which okay. was shot in my mum and dad's house, right. which is hilarious because my dad kept wandering into shot. At one point, he said, I'm just going out now to get some bin bags in the middle of the shot. I go, we're filming. Right. So that was really funny. Did he not think at all? Well, he's, that... he's like the man in the show. He's oh, hard hearing okay? and everything. Yeah, my... So he, he, he yeah. kept wandering into the shot, which yeah. was funny to me. Not everyone. It was really funny. So we did it in my in my parents' house, mm. and then uh, from that we told we got oh great you've got a pilot for E4. Like, oh, I wanted to be on Channel Four, so we made the pilot, mm. and then the head of Channel Four sort of goes, no, this I think this is Channel Four, which I was really pleased about. Mm. So then we got a series for Channel Four. So it went, but it was, you're jumping hoops the whole time, and then that ends, and you go, am I going to get a second series? Yeah. Am I going to get a third series? Wow, am I going to get? A f-? You, you just never know. Yeah. So. From so the pilot never went on E4, it just went straight to Channel 4. Yeah, so it was, no, it was shown as part of the series, so it was right. one of the episodes, and I think I shot another scene. And then, and when you were so, I mean, because I've seen all the Friday night uh, dinner, uh, so I've seen all the Friday night supper 
I've got it wrong, haven't I? It's Friday Night Dinner. I like, I'm pretending I've seen OJ. So. No, no, I, I've watched them all for this research thing, but you know what happened? is like, as I was reading it... I don't know, it's funny. I've written... No, I'll, I'll read it to you in a second. Um, I've written a note, and I've read the note halfway through the... Uh, what did the note say? It, Sup- Why isn't it called Friday Night Supper? Uh, yeah, that's... But no, that, that was... Okay. It would have been better if... It would have been better if... Why was it not called Friday Night Supper? Because it wouldn't have been good. Okay. Oh, that's my that's, that's the end of the interview no um, are you Jewish? yeah are okay. you Jewish? Uh, it, okay this is a long story but is this going to go in as well? Uh, it might do my, right. my, my parents are Jewish right. I, I don't believe in God and Fine, I either. would identify more with Buddhism if I'm honest fair dues yeah that's the shortest I've got it down to very good after weeks of people because my, my first my debut show is called Buddhism and Cats oh cool so but a lot of people who know me prior to starting stand up knew I was or identified me as Jewish right. so I had to come up with a quick way of explaining it because that's I great. couldn't be asked to <laughs> that's good yeah it's alright very good good on you I like it um, so when you so because I was only asking because there's that thing in no, it's not. It's not like a law in comedy, but it's one of those unofficial rules where if you are a group, you can sort of make fun of it or have mm. a laugh at it. Yeah, sure. Do you think you would have got any negative backlash if you weren't Jewish? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's not very Jewish. You know, a lot of people we don't even <laughs> know it's Jewish. I mean, right. you know, particularly because I, I tell you what, I was trying to write. I wasn't really trying to write a Jewish comedy. It was about a Jewish family. But what mm. I noticed was. Kind of, well, there isn't a lot about Jewish people on TV. Not that I particularly go, oh, God, that's terrible. Mm. But whenever there was, or were, it was um, kind of always done in a kind of schmaltzy, like, uh, they play the violin. If they lit the Friday night Sabbath candles, mm. they'd have, like, violin music, and it would just be, or it would be very, oh, what do you thought in that kind of thing, which is, like, really annoying. And, not and, and, not, and why not just do a family, they're Jewish, and big deal. And see, it was kind of vaguely based on when I used to go home for Friday night dinner. Obviously, it's not as kind of manic as this, but a lot of it was originally kind of like that, pranking me and my brother and blah, 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 and the way we spoke a lot. And I just thought, well, it's really specific. And everyone's family is very specific. And I'm going to make this really, really very specific. And they speak in a certain way. They have little things they say to each other, little catchphrases, not for TV catchphrases, but you do in your, you know, with your family, you'll have little phrases that no one else will know. Like, we used to have this plastic container that was yellow, a uh, green, that we used to call, for the laundry, was known as the yellow container. Because originally it was yellow, and then it was always green for 20 years. But it's called the yellow container. Mm. Everyone has that. They don't yeah. use the, So I like that. I want something very specific mm. about a family and that was fast and hopefully funny and had, like, plots and yeah. stuff happened and was kind of physical as well and was odd as well. So it looks kind of normal, but then you see... I like the idea that it looks, oh, what's this family thing or whatever? And then you see, like, the dad is not wearing a top. And I think you might go, oh, what's this? This is, this is different. You know what I mean? This is odd. That's kind of what I want to do. Really. Were there any plot lines that you wanted to do that either your, your script editors or the commissioning editor at Channel 4 said, we, we don't like this idea or we, or, sure. we, or we can't go with this well, idea? Well, Channel 4 are really cool. They kind of let me get on with it. And they've okay. always been great with, like, ideas or, oh, that's good, um... I'm not sure that, but kind of let me get on with it, really. I let them know in the episodes I'm planning on doing one on this, one on that. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, with my with Caroline Letty, my exec, early on I talked her through things, and sometimes mm. I go, I'm not sure. I've started writing this episode on this. Oh, I'm not sure if it's right, or maybe I should do that. And well, she say, oh, I'm not sure if that's right. What do you think? It's, so it's a, it's a conversation the whole time, yeah. I have started writing script and then dumped it, you know, halfway through, mm. which is really painful and annoying. 
Yeah, but I, as long as it's the best product, it doesn't. You know, yeah, but yeah. at the time, it's like, oh, come on, I've got to start again. Yeah, I mean, they just they're hard because they're just quite hard to do. Like writing is on your own, and uh, I mean, they're worse jobs. But it's just brain thinking, sitting right. You've got to think of a new thing that happens, basically in a house. You know, and I've got to fill. 50, my pages my scripts are long because everyone speaks fast so they're like 50 pages they're quite long and I've got to think of things that happen like oh I've done that one before I can't do that I've done that one before they, it gets sort of harder and harder really but so, you know at the end of like five six weeks so so, so you write the whole script mm. and it takes you about five or six weeks to yeah. produce a script yeah. how long does it take to film an episode well we we prepare we do prep so six weeks prep preparing with like the team that gradually join for six weeks and then when you do everything costume makeup casting blah 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 locations and planning the whole thing and then uh, and rehearsing you do a big read through of all your scripts mm-hmm. with everyone there which is great and then you film we film seven weeks it takes to do a six part so it's about six days an episode so, so I think it's like 37 days I think it, we were filming something like that okay and like you took over a house for that kind we of thing. We do film in an actual house, yeah. yeah. Oh, Same house, we, yeah, every time, yeah. So you didn't have to necessarily make a. Uh, uh... We use an actual house, the person moves out, we redecorate the house. Really? They move out, yeah, we're really lucky. She's like lovely, the owner. She moves out, we take over the house, we film there, and then we do like a week location stuff, other stuff, out, outdoor stuff, and then we film in the house the rest of it. Is it more or less expensive to rent a house than to build a I think set it house. might be more expensive to build, a, build it might work out cheaper eventually I don't know right. we haven't done that okay. just, we, we've had the house and we've just been in the house and you sort of go stir crazy there's like 50 crew members in a house yeah because I'm just picturing that and, and it's not a big house from what you can see it's, well it's actually not it's not small it's like quite a nice size but when you've got 50 people basically yeah. wherever you sit in two seconds, someone will say, excuse me, and they'll carry a light through. Or you yeah. sit here, oh, I'm putting a light here. Yeah. Or I sit here, the camera's going here. You can't, you can, you think you, you just think you found, because most of filming is waiting mm. for lighting and this and moving stuff. So there's a lot of downtime and you think, oh, I'm going to sit here and read the paper. And then yeah. someone sits, you oh, they move where you're sitting. So you just, yeah. you do, it's really important that you get on with everyone. Like, like luckily I've had really good crews because you, mm. you sort of go mental by the end. Yeah. Know? Um, so in terms of like budgeting a, a a series of shows like that, does it work? Is it like Channel Four says, "Here's your budget. You you work out how much." Yeah, you're I mean, I don't show. get too involved in the. But I know okay. I'll know if it's like, oh, we need to cut, save some money now. Right? How are we going to do? It? Or you know, so when you've written the scripts, you'll talk with your line producer who will do the money, and you'll go through, or and your first AD who who prepares it and goes to, you, we, it's too long. We need two more days to film. We're going to have to cut some stuff. Mm. So I'll say, okay, well, what are the problematic scenes? Do they need to walk from this room here all the way to there? Can we do a cut when they're up there? Because filming moving up the stairs is going to take too long at this day. Right. Yes, we could do that. I'll rewrite that. Can we, instead of having three cars, have two cars? No, I need three cars. But I'll lose a car here. So you, you do that mm. as well. So you have discussions about, I'll change. So I always end up cutting or changing like 10 mm. or 12 scenes or making it easier because I think well we're not going to achieve it so I'm going to cut this right down mm. by two pages or I'll set this here it's easy I'll, it's fine it won't really damage it it'll be fine I'll just set it here mm. I'll rewrite this the ending's too ambitious I'll change it so you do a lot of that for more during production pre-production there'll be some of that rewriting stuff to save money or and make it like filmable right. and then occasionally while you're on set generally it doesn't happen but there might be like we are not going to finish today this scene 
what are we going to do? We're not going, and you have to finish, you know, because you otherwise yeah, you have to catch it the next day or next yeah. day. And so, you know, what are we going to do? And sometimes you have to go, right, I'm going to rewrite it and I'm going to do this two-page dialogue. I'm going to do it with like two lines, like a joke here and an image and we can do it, you know. Mm. That's really annoying because you really have to think fast mm. and there's nowhere to do it quietly. You just have to just mm. sit and just desperately rewrite which yeah. I hate doing. It happens sometimes, you know. And then sometimes it kind of works better. In the end, it's better anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In, so, uh, in my head, and I, uh, it's only in my head, so this might be Only wrong. your head. Only in my head. It, gets, it must get less expensive to produce a show as time goes on because in the first series, you've got to find the right crew, find the right cast, find Not the right really. locations. I think it gets no? sort of more expensive. Oh, really? I don't think, yeah, I think it gets, doesn't get particularly cheaper. You know, people's rates often go up and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I suppose, because they're the only ones that can do the part and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't get necessarily cheaper. But, I mean, if you discounted rates of actors, would the, would the actual product... I mean, how much how much was your budget for the production for the first series? For I couldn't look to say. Oh, you can't say? Okay. Yes. I'm just wondering, like, how much it would be going up by, and, like... Not not as in specific, who yeah. got paid this, but I'm wondering, like, how how they work out whether the, you know, the, the, the amount... I think would... that's, like, a discussion with Channel 4 and, like, the production company or... Okay. Say we need this much because blah blah blah. We're being more ambitious. Sometimes like they're more ambitious. We go out more. Mm. We're doing this, mm. so that needs to be factored in. You know, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it gets basically gets more expensive as it goes on. I think yeah, a bit more expensive. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's yeah. Fair. I suppose you... eighteen million pounds an episode. <laughs> well, I, I suppose I suppose like you said, the actors cost more because they're the only ones that can do it. So like with Friends, by the end they were like a million pound an episode or yeah, something ridiculous. ridiculous. And like with you, it's. I'm a million pounds an episode. Yeah, yeah. well, you heard it here first. No, <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. No, because I can imagine, like you said, it's, it's hard to come up with new ideas, and so it takes more time for you to write a script than it would. It, it sort of takes me the same amount of time. Oh, okay. as it? It's kind of five weeks, five, six weeks, like seven months to write it. Right. I think six. if I've got seven months to do it, I've like a month of piddling around thinking of ideas, and then kind of a month, five weeks, an episode, I will do it. So in terms of time between you working on a show, so uh, what was the show you worked on before Friday night? Well, I was doing Friday night dinner for like, I've done it now for four years, yeah. five years probably now. So yeah. I've done four series. So yeah, I've done it I'd sort of constantly be doing this. So, but, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering but when you have gaps between shows. Yeah. What is so that? So I might be script, ed- script editing other things, writing some other things. I did, a script for HBO, Peter Serafinovich, and I tried to adapt Friday Night Dinner to for America. It failed, and uh, so yeah, other stuff. I've got other stuff. You know, I do bits and bobs and other things. I was going to ask you about that because because American remakes in general, um, especially with quite British. I mean, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I think Friday Night is quite a British. Yeah, yeah, sure. Way of uh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you guys? They were going to make a Ger- they were going to make a German one actually. Oh, were they? The first it was the Germans. It was great, and they were really nice, and they wrote the script. Like, adapted from one of mine in German. And I speak German, but I couldn't understand the script. I mean, right. I can get by in it. Yeah. But my friend... I'm um, imagining the, the, the script isn't as punchy in German, knowing the language. It's quite long. Yeah. But um, Ingrid Oliver, she's a comedy actress from Watson and Oliver, who I know. Mm. She's German. Mm. So I said, do you mind reading the script and tell me if there's any... And mm. she said, it was really great. She said, they, they really... I met the guys, they seemed really funny. And she mm. said, it was really good. And um, in the end, like, it looked like it was going to happen in Germany. I just mm. thought, it's fantastic. The first... Yeah. The first remake is German, and yeah. it didn't in the end. I was like gutted. Oh, that would be so funny watching it in German. Yeah, I, I didn't even hear about the German remake. Well, no, you wouldn't have. It was just discussions with us, and they were going to do it, yeah. and then it didn't happen. But yeah, it was, I've got a German script at home somewhere. Why didn't it happen then? What was they the... just obviously the broadcasters finally said, you yeah. know, no, whatever. Okay. Nine. 
Nein. Das, das ist die only German Nein. I know. Oh, guten Tag. Guten Tag, ja. Dankeschön. Ja, Dankeschön. Dankeschön. Bitteschön. Uh, 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 I know mine fear. That's it. Those very are nice, all the German yeah. well, that's very important. Yeah. yeah, I've got all the main... The main phrases. ones. Mine fear. <laughs> yeah, mine fear. Yeah. Well, no, because like, I was going to say, so traditionally, remakes of English shows to American, to American audiences don't necessarily go down well. And if they do, they've had to make a lot of concessions yeah. to make it more colloquial. Sure. So... Yeah, I mean, you would have to make it American. You can't just do your British thing. You know, we speak differently. They... Yeah. I think they did it with the Inbetweeners and it got massively, like, trounced on by, by the British... By the quite well, hardcore like, British I audience. never saw the American one. Did you not? No. Okay. I, only, like? I saw the trailer and I remember watching it thinking, this is so bad. Like, I just... Yeah. I'm sorry if you had anything to do with it. I had nothing the, to do with it the, at the, all. I never saw it. Okay. Maybe I saw the trailer and I didn't, yeah. But then they would. You would go, oh, I love this show. It's British. Why are they doing it? Of course. Most people do, don't they? Well, the, the worst part is, is that... Well, the worst part for me was... Because it's different and it, it's suddenly like they're talking a different way. And... It looked like they'd used almost the same script, but they just changed the actors. Hmm. And I was well, like... Well, they would because it's... Some, yeah. You know, yeah. But it just felt... Yeah, not right. Yeah. But I yeah. suppose... I suppose that's the thing, wasn't it? Um, wasn't it Monica? So back to Friends. Monica was originally going to be cast as Rachel, right. and and how would that have looked if you know they'd carried out? So it, so maybe yeah, if a different done it world in... we live in now. I know, right? Yeah. You know, uh... if only that scenario had happened. Well, I mean, every everything is the butterfly effect. Exactly, everything would be the butterfly different. effect. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, but you were for the remake if they did it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Because why wouldn't you be? No, I mean, because well, uh, uh, if it does well, but. You make lots of money. Well, no, but I'm saying... As I'm a, not meaning it like that, but if you can get a good show on America and people yeah. are watching it... Yeah. I mean, think of Ricky Gervais. He did The Office. It was incredible. Yeah. They took it over there and he's done... You know, it's, a, it's quite a nice thing and people like the show. If you, you know, I, you don't want it to be a crap show on America. No. Though. But if it's a great show and it's, they're making it over there and they're making 100 episodes, that's, you know, that, why not? That's great, isn't it? Yeah, no, but uh, as, as a creative person, I imagine if you've... I know you plan it for TV and you think about it when you're writing it for sure. TV. I assume the audience you'd be thinking about would be British. Sure. I mean, that. you want someone, either do it yourself, you can, or someone great, a great mm. pair of hands who knows how to make shows, to translate your show into, well, I know how it will work here. Yeah. I mean, that'd be lo- yeah, I'd love it if there was a great version of that there yeah. that wasn't something I was ashamed of. You yeah, know, yeah. I wouldn't really be happy. Oh, I've made lots of money from this. It's shit. It'll be, oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It'd be nice if it was a good show. Yeah, of course. I'd love that. Yeah, I'd love that. I like the German one. I'd like to see the German one mainly, though. That would be much better. You can make it. Yeah. Yeah. What was it yeah. called? They had different... The dog was, wasn't called Wilson. It was called something else. It was like... It was... There was a reason why. Oh, okay. It was funny. Okay. Yeah, it was funny. Wilson wouldn't be like... A, they wouldn't, you wouldn't... That's not a German a, name. No, and it was the equivalent that Wilson would be. I can't remember what it was. Gunter or something. Probably Gunther. not. Gunter's a cute name. Would it be yeah, a... I don't think it was Gunter. No, a, it was going to be a slightly different breed as well. Because... Our breed wasn't as funny. There's a certain type of German dog that right. would be funnier That's there. Funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Dad collected football cards, you know, stickers or something. Right. That was a thing there yeah. that would translate well as a th- yeah. trope there more than here. There's a few little things that were different. It was like, oh, okay. I, I have a friend of mine who did a show in uh, Amsterdam, and he before he first show he did. The, the, the joke that had a reference to, I think it was Asda or something, died. And then the next show, he realised, oh, shit, they don't have Asda here because he's not seen one in fucking ages. Yeah. So he asked the guy at the booth, what's, like, do you know what Asda is? And they Googled it and he showed him, he went, what's the equivalent to Asda? And he told him, 
and uh, yeah, in the end, they were like, uh, they, it just worked, like it was fine. And it was one of those weird. Hittenvan. I don't know. Right. I, I never saw him in Amsterdam, but it was just a really interesting chat where he was like, I didn't even think of that when I came out here, yeah, because they booked me on the show, so yeah. I assumed they knew the show. It's very British references. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the com- the community of of Friday night supper dinner dinner. I know I'm going to call it that just no, to you annoy can. you now. <laughs> Thursday afternoon brunch. I was using it ironically to see no, if you pick up on it again. I didn't right. know it was ironic, but I thought oh, you'd sorry. actually forgotten. But it's no, good. no. I, all right, I, I, I'll start calling you by his actual name if you want. You, but I, I, I thought don't for mind. Fun, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it the wrong name. FND. 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 As it Friday gets, night it supper. shortened in emails. Okay, uh, so FND Friday night supper. The yeah, FNS. <laughs> no, that would be Friday night dinner. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, but the there's, I mean, there's a lot of sort of catchphrase in that, like there isn't in between us, like you said, and and there's a lot of people. I mean, I see it on Twitter a lot when it trends and stuff that people are sort of tweeting silly things people are saying sure. and, and that kind of thing do you ever uh i mean i know for example uh with the league of gentlemen guys who who have a lot of sort of cult followings around their shows and sort of try to build communities around them do you ever have you ever thought about trying to maybe start like a like a group or a tw- i mean because they have twitter feeds sometimes for shows now and things like that have you ever yeah. thought about trying to engage more i mean i go on twitter and stuff like that but i haven't particularly thought of running a Friday night dinner Twitter feed okay no but um no and also like it's weird looking at Twitter when your show's on yeah particularly when it's new because normally most people don't like new comedies much Mm. or you'll get most good things and you'll get a few that don't like it and then gradually when people watch the second week they go this is so much better than the first week and it's generally I remember like my second show wasn't particularly better than the first one but you just know who the people are because it's always strange you know the first time you watch something even if it's really good, it's like, oh, yeah, this is good. I think I get this, yeah. Mm. And they go, oh, I get it, right. He's always like that. She's like this. Yeah. I used to work for the Discovery Channel, uh, live tweeting for them. And I remember having a really big row with the guy from Discovery Channel and uh, my boss then because they were convinced that we needed to get this episode of a certain TV show trending in the first episode. And I was like, but you've spent millions on this show and you don't want them to look at it. Like, there's, there's no reason for it. And, and I ended up leaving after about two months because I was getting so frustrated with the fact they wanted me to reply to people during the show. And then as the show finished, I, like, my shift was over, so I wouldn't have to reply to people. And then next morning I'd get in and reply to them. But I was like, why am I doing this? Like, you're making me actively make people avoid your show. Totally. You're employing me to do that. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but there are fees for that. I mean, especially a lot of HBO shows What was now. the show? I will tell you after. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, not a comedy. Let's shark put it that way. mystery. Yeah, let's call it that. It was not a comedy show. Let's put it that way, um, which was annoying because. Well, it could be anything. I mean, it yeah. doesn't give me a clue. <laughs> put it that way. Um, it, could, it could be anything that you've not worked. <laughs> anything. Yeah, I'll tell you after. Lincoln Tonight, the local news. Yes. Show. That 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 cl- that, that, that classic that classic Twitter Twitter long show. Yep. That we're all interested in. Okay, so uh, in terms of, I mean, like you said, social media. So yeah, so because like you said, so, social media is becoming more and more of a thing that's kind of not embedded in TV shows, but people are embedding it, if you like. And I wondered what you thought the future of TV was going to be like in say one to five years. Oh, one to five thousand years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, God, I don't, in one one year it'd be yeah. s- kind of the same, but a little different. And, <laughs> and instead of using hashtags, that everyone will be using upside down. Semicolons. 
Okay. That'll be the thing. Okay, well, if, if anyone listening to this wants to tweet Robert, sorry. Upside a, down. Upside down semicolon. That's, I think that's what they'll be using instead of hashtags. They'll be kind of finished. What's an upside down semicolon? I don't know. So it's like, um, what is it? It's a dot it and a It's a comma at the top and a full stop underneath. If you can That'd do really that, annoyed, I'll be bloody impressed. If not, just tweet him with a semicolon. That's no, it's it. going to be an upside down semicolon. All right, I think I'm going to do. I'm going to put a photo of an upside down semicolon on my blog. If you want to download it and tweet Robert, <laughs> I think we should. That should be the sign on instead of the hashtag. So that, that's in a year, but in two years, that will be, be gone. Hashtags. Well, yeah. it's going to be um, a slash and a little X. <laughs> right. And then in five years, it's going <laughs> to just be like uh, a sort of weird, um, like a like a you know in, in Spanish a cedilla, the little yeah. thing under this letter C. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be those. But I thought like, it'd be the title. Uh, this is where we're the what the title. You know the squiggly line. Oh right, yeah. Could be that. Could be that. That's what's going to happen. Well. Uh, Okay. You heard it here first. You heard it here you first. You heard it here last. Hashtag That's my co- prediction. Hashtag future upside down semicolon. Exactly. Yeah. I'm future tr- of television. I'm trying to incorporate... Cedilla, yeah. I'm trying to incorporate things people can do, like like interactive bits of this podcast. Oh, I see. So, so did you need to... No, that wasn't that wasn't me trying it, but I feel like that's what's happened now. Sorry. <laughs> Interactive. It's all right. So yeah, if you want to tweet Robert, um, or Rob, whatever, whatever. you want to call him, um, hashtag... Uh, upside sa- down. Sa- Friday night supper... Friday night supper or upside um, down cedilla. Upside down cedilla. No, I was only asking because obviously in the last five years it's changed and it's become on demand. Yes, much. it has. Yeah, and, it, and and obviously then social media's come in and it's turned into yes, that. Yes, right. And, and I just wondered. I think there'll be like a new thing. The internet's going to go, and it's all going to be done by people exchanging plasma. <laughs> I mean, that's what of I think. all the answers I've got from that. That's the most. That looks. That looks like it's. That's the way it's going to go. The only reason why I feel uncomfortable now is because you're still in the bath with your eyes closed. Yeah. And I just, I, I mean, I don't know what to say. There's buckets of plasma everywhere. Buckets of plasma. You keep refilling the water. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm glad I got to ask. That's the future. You end on the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, your, your pop-up pop pictures mm. or productions, either way. Whatever. It's, it's, <laughs> it um, says on its website, it doesn't, it, so you don't accept unsolicited scripts. No. Do you scout online for talent or for people to work with at all? Yeah, I, mean, I do look at yeah, yeah new people and things. Yeah, I mean when I'm in like writing, producing, making my show, mm. I kind of not looking really. I just just it's quite hard when you're filming to watch other comedy or other. Like the last thing you want to do is come home or when you're editing, yeah, and watch TV. It's mm. quite because you're quite and you're sort of in the zone. I've been in the zone. I like officially finish my show tomorrow. Like done, everything's done finish the last sound bit tomorrow that's the 9th of june for those of you yeah series who, four yeah so that'll be done so then i'm gonna be like oh i've done that wow and then i'll probably start looking at things and catching up because i feel a bit out of the loop you mm. know but yeah have you have you got a project to go straight to after that yeah or i do you, what are you doing after friday night i can't say oh sorry because okay. i haven't no, okay. haven't sort of it's just another writing thing yeah with someone okay. yeah 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 I, I am i'm actually writing a new thing with uh, someone really unexpected uh, do you want to say who? Yeah, well, okay. Um, Michael Heseltine. Really? Yes. You know, really? the comedian, not the comedian, well, some people say, uh, the politician. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a kind of musical. That is, wow. Yeah, I know it's Great. strange, but yeah. He's actually like a very good musician, weirdly. And, so, and as you said earlier, you used to do music, so I Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm, we write, like, he's, I think he's going to write most of the music, and it's a kind of about politics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Have you have you spoken to any channels about it yet? Or you... No, no, no. It's like probably well, it's probably going to be a musical. Okay. Like a stage musical. Oh, wow. is that your first one? Yep, my first one. So who knows? But yeah. Amazing. But yeah. 
um, yeah, it's it, it's complicated how it came about, and it isn't the sort of thing I would normally do. Right. But I'm not like a massive musical fan, but I like music, and blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. And someone introduced me, and the last person I would have thought I would be working with was obviously Michael Hazeltine. But he's got really good stories, and he can sort of write weirdly. And so we're working together on this thing that is well, it's sort of quite far down the line now. So we'll be rehearsing in a few weeks. Amazing. That'll be my next thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So have you got a theatre in mind, or have you got one? Yeah, you we have got. I can't to? say the one, but quite a big one. Oh, really? Yeah. Like oh, wow. Pretty big. Yeah. That is down the line. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funded and everything. It's properly right. funded. I don't know if I should be talking about it or not. But anyway, it's probably funded. Oh, well, probably funded. And it's like kind of, a, it's sort of politics and like space travel. Well, I won't say any more. Okay. You can't leave it at that. I'm not saying anymore. I've said it. I probably shouldn't be talking about it. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I look forward to seeing that. I've, Thank you I've, very much. I've never heard of a musical that combines those things. I mean, although there well, was there was the in forget there was Sarah the boring Hall. Star Wars episode that was about a tax treaty or something that that sort of wasn't it the early one that was about a sort of episode, no, episode whatever uh, it was zero. was it the Phantom Menace. Is that the one about? The, the, I'm not good enough in Star Wars. Nor am I. Okay. I'm not actually surprising myself that I remember this, but I remember okay. going to it and they mentioned taxation in it, and I, oh. I heard that and I thought I don't want to hear the word taxation in a Star Wars movie. No, fair enough. It's just not what you want to hear. You've already you've already got rid of the willing sense of disbelief, and you've already suspended just taxation. it. Now it's like yeah. it's like I'm not listening to Moneybox Live on Radio Four. I'm yeah. watching Star Wars. Yeah. You don't need to know about the tax... Exactly. System of some made-up land. Well... There we are. Uh, well, when, when that, let me know when that comes out, and I'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes and sure, stuff. Sure, thanks. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, so these are the final quick-fire questions. Uh, sure. Well, they're quick-fire for me. Yep. You take as long as you want to answer them. Ask every guest them, so, yeah. Who, what, your questions, quick-fire ones? Uh, no, the, these are just the, the guest questions that I ask every guest. Okay. Regardless yeah, so, of yeah, yeah, who sure. they are and where sure. they're at and stuff. Um, so, what are the best books on comedy writing or stand-up that you've read? Oh, I read a good, read a good one called, ah, was it Thinking Inside the Box, which is about sitcom writing? It's pink, pink front cover. Red front cover. Yeah, also yeah. it looks pink on Amazon. Okay. David Epstein or something, I don't know. That was good. Okay. That was good, yeah. Cool. That was a good one. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I like that. What's the, and I keep this question deliberately ambiguous, so you can define it however you want. What's the best show you've ever seen? 40 Towers. Okay. The one you wrote on, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made and how did you overcome it? Bloody hell, it's like a job interview. <laughs> um, I literally can't, I don't know, biggest mistake I ever made. How do I ever Sending someone an email that I shouldn't have and just lying my way out of it. Probably done that, yeah. Personal I can't say because they're working TV. But I sent them an email that's meant to be someone, for someone, I was about them, but I said as a joke, kind of as a funny thing, I noticed right. I sent it to them and then I just, instantly had to think of my feet within five seconds and lie my way out of it amazing and it was a bad lie didn't work that was bad yeah have they well what are the other what the ones I remember like sending an email when I used to go out had this girlfriend years ago and I was sent her an email I was at channel four just in the middle of work just saying um what was it hi honey how are you question mark kiss and sent it to Peter Fincham who ran talkback productions and then and then became head of BBC (laughs) <laughs> I didn't realise I him and then luckily he answered because otherwise if he hadn't answered I wouldn't realise and about half an hour like, I said I go how are you what are you up to or something he replied hard at work why <laughs> I had to go on closer did he put a kiss did he put two kisses no he didn't uh, so it was, that was embarrassing yeah. that I'm pretty good at that uh, sending emails to the wrong people I, I used to email notes to myself 
if this if this helps you feel slightly better. I was working on an idea about how uh, be, J- Jewish people are... Uh, so you can make fun of Jewish people in a way you can't with other races. So I was trying to work on an idea about how Ju- Judaism is like a gateway to other racism that you might have. Right. It was like a silly idea. And I accidentally emailed that to the, to the client I was writing tweets for at the time. <laughs> And they and they did not email back. And I rang up as soon as I found out, and I explained to them what it was. And they said, "Just don't tweet it." <laughs> Brilliant. That was all they said. Like, just don't. I'm not interested. After 25 just minutes of me panicking on the phone to them, they just oh, went, that's awful. That just don't tweet when you it. Send it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is the most interesting thing you do that nobody ever gets to see? In relation to your job, it doesn't, can't be you in the bar or anything. Eat like when I work right often at the British Library, I get to sometimes treat myself with like they have this lemon meringue pie, oh, yeah. and that is so nice. Oh, but yeah. it's like if I finish a script, I'll eat one of those. I'll eat one anyway. I mean, I have them like at least twice a week when I'm there. That's my best moment. I should say other lemon meringues are available. There are, yeah, but they're not as good. No, they're not. Okay, that's the most interesting thing I do. Okay, uh, who would you think is the most underrated person in the TV industry? Oh, God. Michael Heseltine. Why? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, I won't say that. Who's the most underrated person in TV? Ross Lee. Okay. Why? Because um, he's, he's, like, the funniest person. and I love him. He's the funniest human. Okay. Yeah, Ross okay. Lee. Okay. Um, what do you think is the biggest problem in the TV industry, and how would you go about solving it? Um... Oh god, I can't. Do I have to answer? I have to answer it. You don't have to, but you really need to use a You really need a wee as well. You would ruin a streak of other people who've answered it. Uh, say what was the question again? What is the biggest problem in the TV industry, and how would you go about solving it? Just get rid of like eighty percent of the shows on television. That'd be good. Okay. (laughs) Why? Because they're annoying. I like the crap shows. Good or okay? Just get rid of the crap ones. So you think eighty percent of TV? But then some crap shows I like. Like I will happily watch a rerun of Rosemary and Time because right. it's really boring and bland and quite funny. Okay. So that ca- that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, fair enough. Um, what is the best bit of advice you've ever been given? And it doesn't have to be something you've used. It could just be something you've i never given. forget the time, Simon, you said to me. Um, no. Advice. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't forget I don't know, just, just like, what's the best advice? Just, I don't know. Um, well, with writing comedy, I think you write, write, definitely write what makes you laugh. Mm what makes you Simon laugh I write what makes you laugh no what makes you laugh I think yeah because yeah. a couple of times I've written on something I'm not sure this is me right. it just eats into you you know Okay. it eats at you it eats away at you it, it's like a lemon meringue a le- maggot yeah exactly um, an uncomedy lemon meringue maggot oh, that can't I hate those worse. I hate those can't think of anything worse what is the what one bit of advice would you give to a comedian or performer who wants to make a career in either writing or performing in TV comedy? Go and write and perform. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, that's yeah. Yeah, why not? Okay, sounds arrogant. No, it's fine. not meant to be, but I suppose that's what you got to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, f- final question. Yes. If you could go back. To and give any it, year and, t- <laughs> and kill Hitler. No, obviously not. Um, but if you could go back to uh, give yourself a bit of advice for when you were... I was going to say 20, I used to say 20, but I'm going to say 25 because that was sure. when you started in the yeah. industry. So if you could go back and give yourself one bit of advice that yeah. you wish you'd been told when you started in 25, yeah. what would it be? Um, buy Apple shares. <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough. 
Okay. And well, kill Hitler, if you can. Go back in time and kill it. Only, I think Hitler was gone by the time you were Yeah, 25. he was. Oh, yeah, you're right, he was. Uh, if, you, if you believe the online conspiracy. Exactly. Yeah. Or it could be in Argentina. It could you know, be. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Cheers. Goodbye. That was Rob. His latest series of Friday Night Dinner is out in a week or so. Um, I don't have the exact date, but if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support him, please do look out for it and bookmark the date. He's shown me a few behind-the-scenes snippets of it, and I've got to say it looks awesome. I've enjoyed the first three seasons, which are out on 4OD at the moment, so if you want to have a look at that before the TV show comes out, that'll get back to him and help him out, but also it'd be quite enjoyable for you. If you're someone who is not from the UK, 4OD is essentially an on-demand TV service that we have over here. I don't know if you can watch it outside the UK. I think it's only UK based, but find it somewhere else online, borrow it, torrent it. I, d- I don't. I'm, I'm assuming he wouldn't endorse that, but I'm just saying if you want to watch it and he can't watch it legally there, that's the only other option, isn't it? Please do send him a tweet and say thank you for taking part in the podcast if you enjoyed this episode. Loads of guests have said to me recently that they've been getting people tweeting them saying they loved the episode that they were in or that people got something out of what they did. If you have listened to an episode recently, whether it be this one or another one, and you did get something out of it, do tweet the guests. I put all their at handles in all the show notes. If not, just search for them. They're very findable. And say thank you. It really helps out because it means that in future, if I sort of say can you help me get on another guest? They know that there are people listening and they can say to the new guest or the some someone else I'm trying to get on, hey, they've got he's got a really nice community of people who support him and that are supporting the project. So it helps everyone out and it scratches everyone else's back. If you'd like to support my work, the other ways of doing it are share this podcast on social media. It really helps out. About half the plays and downloads are coming from social media shares. The rest are coming from the subscribers. So do subscribe, but if you can share it, it expands the audience and that is helpful. Also, if you can tag me in it it means i can thank you for doing it because i really appreciate all the support you can also give me an honest review on itunes whatever you think it's worth five stars four stars three stars anything less than that don't actually bother uh, i'm not i don't need any more negative reviews not that i've got any really but if you think it was worth two or one star thank you for listening but you don't need to leave me a review i promise you it's absolutely fine uh if you want to give me a review you can email it to me instead of putting it up publicly that'd be great <laughs> You can also give me a one-off donation via PayPal on my website, or you can sign up as a patron on patreon.com. All of these links you can find at simonkane.co.uk or in the show notes, and just doing one or more of those things helps maintain the thing you enjoy and value. So if you're enjoying the project and you want it to continue, please pick one of those four things and do it. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you very much for raising. Thank you very much for donating, and I will see you all in about 10 days' time. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.